I'm so glad that we have the fellowship tonight. The, the Lord has uh, blessed us and uh, opened up the doors for my family. There's actually uh, six Hawaiian islands that have population on them uh, that, uh, that's open to the public. And uh, the Lord has opened up the doors that uh, we have preached revivals and meetings on uh, five of those six islands. And I'm so thankful for it. And he has opened up the doors that we um, started a little annual meeting there, uh, which will be coming up in just a few weeks, February 21st this year. And um, uh, we were so blessed that Brother and Sister Childress came to Hawaii with us and uh, just made that meeting so wonderful a couple years ago. And, and I can't wait for him to go back. Everybody in Hawaii asked about him last year, and I had to try to act like, you know, that he wasn't mad at me or nothing, you know, and I, I just kept saying, well, I'm not for sure why he's not here, but um, uh, he really is a good guy, but pray he'll go back this year. Better hurry and get your tickets, brother. Time's running out. Hey, let's be turning tonight to the book of St. John. Hallelujah, hallelujah, St. John. Chapter number 19, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, I'm excited to preach tonight because I feel the Lord in our presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, <clears throat> I was um, in revival uh, down there for Brother Gene Walls at Isla, Georgia, and uh, they got one of the biggest nose that they had ever seen about three inches, and they canceled service that night, and y'all, you should have seen it. It's just a sight to see, and uh, so uh, that kind of messed up revival, and so I was in uh, revival up in Silver Springs, New York, just south of Rochester, New York, and uh, on Saturday night, whenever they really didn't expect much to happen, they got a seven-inch snow. And so, of course, I got up and called Pastor Jay Bailey. I said, brother, I, I assume we're not having church today. He said, what happened, brother? What, what are you talking about? I said, oh, my goodness, you haven't looked outside yet? He said, well, yeah, yeah, I've, I've been out. What's wrong? I said, man, there's almost a foot of snow. And, of course, they didn't even start an hour later. <laughs> they just had church. So my point is this, folks. We're somewhere in between Georgia and New York, aren't we? We're having church anyway, amen? We're not going to be like the Georgia people and, and absolutely close everything down and, you know, act like the world's over. And then we're not going to be like the New York people and go out there and throw snowballs at each other and, you know, and just treat it like it's a, just a fun thing. But we're going to have church. Come on now, hey. Amen. Hey, let's be turning to the book of St. John, chapter number 19. Oh, what a wonderful place in the Bible here that we pick up. For understand that Jesus is hanging on the cross at this point. He is hanging on the cross. He has given up the ghost. He has been crucified. St. John 19.38, and after this, Joseph of Arimathea 
being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they, then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen cloths with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher wherein was a never man yet laid. Then laid they Jesus therefore because the Jews' preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Oh, to cherish the wounded body of Christ to cherish his wounded body. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, I praise you and I thank you, Lord. Oh, for the wonderful privilege to be in your house tonight. I thank God for all the beautiful singing we've had. I thank you so much for Pastor and Sister Kessner, Lord. Oh, thank God for the Buckeye Holler Church, Lord. Thank you so much for Pastor Childress's uh, uh, fellowship tonight. Oh, God, I pray you'd give me the words, the Holy Ghost of morning, anointing, Lord, and move in the altar service, I plead. In the name of Jesus, everybody said. It has come that time. Jesus came to the earth for the reason that he would shed his blood and be that sacrifice. Amen. Oh, God above is watching down as his son, his only begotten son, Jesus, suffers, goes through with this great sacrifice. Ah, oh, the Bible said in Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes... We are healed. Amen. All the great suffering that he went through. But something when I read all about the crucifixion and I read everything that he went through, Pastor, it seems to me like that they are going out of their way to make him suffer, to put his body through a little bit more than is normal. You know what I'm saying? They didn't just take him out and... Uh, Lay him on the cross and nail him, but they beat him. They put the stripes on his back. They put, made that crown of thorns and pressed it down into his skull. They took his clothes all off and gambled it away. They stuck the vinegar in his mouth. All the pain, all the desecration and the humiliation, all the horrible suffering that he went through. And how torn and ripped that his body was. Amen. Oh, never has there been anybody's body who has been through any more suffering than Jesus. Amen. Oh, they made him suffer 
in his body as much as they possibly could. Because that was the devil's plan. You see, the devil had no intentions of letting him get up out of that tomb. Come on now. The devil wanted this body to be torn apart and ripped apart and just done as bad as he could get it done. Amen? And all that was done to the body of Christ. And can you imagine as they have pierced him in the side and now all the blood and water has came out of his body. And here comes that centurion. He comes and looks there upon the body of Jesus, that soldier. And he says, certainly this was a righteous man. As he hangs there, you know the uh, beautiful paintings that we have of Jesus on the cross? Looks nothing like he must have looked. Amen? Looks nothing like Jesus must have looked. It must have been an ugly, horrible thing to see a body that torn apart and ripped and crucified as his was. Now he hangs there with the life gone out of that body. And here comes Joseph of Arimathea, a man who has a certain amount of prestige amongst the people. He goes into Pilate. And he explains, with your permission, Pilate, I want to take care of that body. I want to take that body off the cross and bury it. I have a tomb that's for myself. It's never been used. I want to give him the kind of burial that he deserves. And so he went to take the body down. And here came Nicodemus. Now, you remember Nicodemus, the other time that we read about him, it was through the cover of the night that Nicodemus sneaked out there, wanting no one to see him. He was not so proud to get to talk to Jesus, but he came in the disguise of the night. Oh, and Jesus forgave him, and Nicodemus' life was changed. Now, understand, he's an honorable counselor. He's a man of prestige as well. He is someone important. Oh, and he sees what Joseph is doing, and Nicodemus comes to help him. He comes. He got all the myrrhs and aloe and fine, expensive cloth to bring. Joseph and Nicodemus, they remove those big spikes, those nails. They take that torn apart and ripped apart body and they lay it down upon that cloth. They begin to wrap. They pour the myrrh and aloes upon him and they do it so careful. They cherish his body. You see, they heard and they believed Jesus said, tear this tabernacle down, but in three days, I'm going to raise it up. I'm going to build it again. Come on here now. Oh, my friend, they believed with all their heart. This is the Christ. Jesus is the anointed one. He is the Messiah. It is him. We've got to cherish this body. We've got to take care of it. So they wrapped it in the fine linen. They took as good a care of it as they could. 
And now I can imagine as they pick it up, maybe it was Joseph that had him by the shoulders and maybe Nicodemus had the feet and they start carrying him to Joseph's tomb. Can you imagine as folks come by? Maybe some folks are the wealthy man that owns the store where they bought the nails that I don't know. He might have been one that passed him and say, what are you guys doing? Who is that? They say, it's Jesus. What in the world are you doing? He's dead, man. Well, he's dead right now, this body. Oh, but we believe he's the Messiah. He gave us a promise, and we're going to cherish this body. We're going to take care of this body as good as we can. Oh, there might have been folks that laughed and made fun of them. I don't know. There might have been kids that went by. Somebody might have wrote a little bitty song just making fun of him. I don't know. They might have been laughing and caring and pointing at him. Look at him. That's that Jesus fellow. Look at him. Oh, but it was so crucial, so important that no matter the funny looks, no matter the bad opinions, no matter the insults, no matter what the neighbors thought, no matter what the fella that owned the store thought, no matter what all those soldiers thought, no matter what Pilate thought, they had to cherish the body of Christ. Come on here now. Oh, my friend, me and you know the story well. Oh, how long was he in that tomb? Just three days later, he came out of there. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. I'm so glad that even though that they put him in that tomb, I'm so glad that we know three days later, he came out of there. Amen. What in the world happened to that torn, ripped apart, wounded body of Christ? Well, we know that that fleshly body, it ascended back to heaven. Amen. But Paul wrote to us that everything that we preach and talk about Jesus in this way that we're in, we talk on a spiritual level. Amen. I don't have to do a lot of explaining because I'm preaching to people that understand this is a spiritual way. Amen. And Paul wrote and said in the book of Colossians, chapter number one, one of the several times that it is said in verse number 24, Paul wrote and said, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ and my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. For his body's sake, which is the church. My friend, spiritually speaking tonight, we are the body of Christ. Come on here now. Understand that every day the media 
is making fun of the church, the body of Christ. The media is doing great damage and harm. No wonder the writer spoke of crucifying him afresh. They are daily taking stabs and swings and whipping the church through all of their jokes and put downs. Amen. Oh, my friends. But no matter what the media does, I'm so glad that I'm going to cherish the body of Christ. The body of Christ is the church house. Come on now. The body of the Christ is the Buckeye Holiness Church. Amen. Oh, my friend. What's the actual real name of the church? Buckeye Holler Free Pentecostal Holiness Church. If I can remember to say all that, the Buckeye Holler Free Pentecostal Holiness Church. I may say it five more times just to practice. And that's a big name, isn't it? Hey, the Buckeye Holler Free Pentecostal Holiness Church is the body of Christ. And oh my, even though there are people that no doubt live right up this holler, that live in the community and live around, that live a few miles away and over in another community, they make fun of the church. They put the church down. They question if we're even real. They say bad things about us. They even tell lies on us. Oh, my friend, we've got some wounds that I wish we didn't have. Oh, I wish so bad that I had the power to write this story over about Jesus. Oh, that he would have shed his blood, but not have to have done all that suffering. But yet that I'm so glad that he was willing to. I'm so glad that he was willing to. Oh, my friend, I wish so bad that I could keep the church from being wounded and keep the church from suffering. But I don't have that power. The media, the neighbors, the communities out there. There. They're always trying to stab us, take swings at us, and hurt us, and wound the body of Christ. Oh, my friends, I can't stop it. I can't keep it ha from happening. But let me tell you what I can do. I can cherish the body of Christ, just like Joseph and Nicodemus did. While some went by and pointed at him and laughed at him. Look at him, look at him. You know, I'll talk to you men for a moment. You know, it's easy, especially in the day that we live in now, short hair is in. Amen? When I was a little boy in the 70s, long hair was in. And uh, I can remember in uh, elementary school that all the other elementary boys had hair over their ears. I kind of got laughed at because, you know, I wasn't allowed to have hair touch my ears. <laughs> Come on here now. But now if you look like that, you're called a hippie. Come on here. It's cool to look like this. You know, now when I go out and dress like a, a holiness preacher dresses and looks like I do, I very seldom, you know, his head turns and <laughs> what's up with that guy? I don't look that much different. But my wife, but my daughter, my granddaughters, they don't look like the rest of the females out there. 
Oh, my friends, but I want you to know I'm going to cherish the body of Christ. I am not going to be one bit ashamed or bashful to put my arm around my holiness wife. Oh, when I walk through Walmart, I'm going to reach down and hold her hand and be thankful and proud that I have a wife that is dedicated, that is sanctified. I know she may look different. That's all right. That's all right. I thank God that I'm going to cherish the body of Christ. Woo! I am not going to be ashamed of my church. Come on here now. Well, you know, there was a day that they tell me about. I, I wasn't, I'm not old enough to remember that day. But there was a day that they called us the Holy Rollers. And they didn't do that as a compliment and as a really cool name. And, hey, you must be. No, they'd done that making fun of us. Amen. <laughs> I don't really remember the days that it was all a big joke because we shout and speak in tongues because now they do that on TV all the time. Come on now. Now the big Hollywood stars, all they claim to be Pentecostal and they claim to be saved. Oh, my friend, but I am not ashamed of the real thing. Come on here. Come on here now. We don't have to have all the music going just so wonderful, just so loud, and everything just so good that we all sway together. No, no, no. If we do, we do, but that's not what it takes. Come on now. Oh, it still takes people that are anointed of the Holy Ghost, people that have prayed and fasted and separated themselves for the glory of God, people that are living right and holy and sanctified to get up and sing the songs about the Lord. If they have good voices or if they don't if they know how to keep beat or if they don't hey if they write it themselves brother or if they've heard it a thousand other times that's all right I've come to worship my Lord in the beauty of holiness Woo! somebody worship him in the beauty of holiness right now somebody worship him in the beauty of holiness Woo! I got the call because of the great miracles the Lord did for me. I've now received the call three times from Trinity Broadcasting Network out of Hendersonville, Tennessee, from their pastor. The first time because uh, I pastored his grandmother whenever it took place. And so he was aware of it. He called me and said, please, we want to have an interview with you. We want you to come and we will interview you live for the whole world to see and know what God has done and all of this. And I, I said, no, sir. I'm not interested in that. God did not do this for you, for you to keep it a secret. Come, it's going to be a great blessing for TBN and for you. The word, I'm trying to remember the word that he used. It wasn't monetary. The word has left my mind right now. Uh, but anyway, it's going to be a substantial monetary blessing, I promise. I said, sir, that is not why God did what he did. God did for me what he did for me, not so that TBN could receive some checks. Not so that I could receive checks 
from across the world. That's not why he did what he did for me. But he trusted me that I would take this testimony to the little churches all across America that would let me come and I would tell God's people, Jesus is great. He's greater than what you're facing. Jesus is able to heal you. Jesus is able to give you the strength that you can make it. Hey, look at what he's done for me. He has no respect to person. He'll do the same for you. This is no time to quit. This is time to go a little faster. Time to go a little bit harder. That's why Jesus did for me what he did for me. Woo! The last call, the second time it got a little more from the interview to we would like for you to come and interview you and then allow you to preach a sermon. I said, no, sir. I'm not interested in that. The third call was an invitation to come and preach a week's revival. Actually, I think it was Monday through Friday revival each night at the same time on TBN, the, you know, the network, the television network of, I, I said Christian television. I told this story one time, and you all know Brother Don Rich. Speaking of smart Alex. You all know Brother Don Rich, probably the greatest man since Paul, as far as I'm concerned, just a great man. And I said that, you know, that um, um, I said, and they call it uh, uh, Christian television, you know, because that's what they call it. And Brother Rich spoke up and said, Christian television. I didn't know that television got saved. Hallelujah. I said, now, Brother Rich, I didn't mean it that way. (laughs) They call it Christian television. And I know, no, Christian television didn't get saved. Don't go, don't go say out. But anyway, listen, folks, I'm so thankful that I never chose that. I'm nothing great, but I know who is. Come on now, come on now. I am not going to try to uh, bring fame or fortune to this world, to myself, or to any of that worldly outfit because of what the Lord's already done, because he didn't do that for me so that that's the way it could be done. He'd done that for me because he knew I was going to have the opportunity to come to Buckeye Holler Free Pentecostal Holiness Church. He knew that I would have the opportunity to go to Pounding Mill Trinity Holiness Church and tell Tell them, hey, 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 Jesus is great. Jesus is your savior, your healer, your way maker, your problem solver. He's your very present help in trouble. He's the way when there is no way. It's all about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's all about him. Amen. Woo. I want to cherish The body of Christ. The body of Christ is our church. You know, the devil has a plan. Just like that he caused the body of Jesus Christ in the flesh on that long road to Mount Calvary where he suffered so much and they'd done everything they could to hurt his body. Now the devil has a way of moving amongst people in the church. Sometimes they're hypocrites. Sometimes there are people that ain't never even been saved. Church is no more than a club to them. Sometimes they're good people that had problems and troubles and discouragements. Anger and bitterness came in. 
Good people made mistakes. No matter what it is, there have been so many churches that have split, that have been tore up, that have been torn down because of the way the devil brought so much pain to the church. Folks, I don't ever want to be a part of that. I don't ever want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of those that cherish the body of Christ. Oh, I'll tell you, when I get to heaven, I know that whenever Joseph and Nicodemus come and stand before Jesus, and I know they won't necessarily be together, but when they stand before Jesus, Jesus is going to recognize them. He's going to recognize them. He's going to know, hey, oh, Brother Rodney, that's the one oh, that whenever I was all torn up and ripped apart laying on that tree, oh, they took those nails out and they so cherished my body. Oh, because they believed I was going to rise again. Oh, they wrapped me up in fine linen, precious myrrh and aloes. They put me in Joseph's tomb. Oh, they did all they could to cherish my body. And then, Pastor Wade, get out here, brother. I don't think that me and you are going to be together on that day when we stand before him. I don't think so. I think I'm going to stand by myself. And if I get to stand by somebody, I don't think it's going to be you, though. Don't, I don't want to hurt your feelings. It's going to be my mama. Is that all right? That's fine. Just in case I need anybody to defend me, I want my mom there. I know it ain't going to be that way, but if I can't have one person to defend me, I'm bringing my mom. Come on now. But, oh, my friend, whenever you stand before Jesus on that day, oh, I hope he recognizes you. That's Wade Kessner. That, that's, that's Pastor Wade right there. Oh, I hope Je I know Jesus is going to know exactly who he is. Let me tell you, uh, as Jesus sees him, just like whenever he's seen uh, the other two, Joseph and Nicodemus, he's going to know that's the man that even though there was others that did all they could to stop the Buckeye holler, free Pentecostal holiness church, that was a man that wrapped it up in fine linen with precious myrrh and aloes, gave his last dollar, Ah, oh, swung the hammer when he wasn't able to. Rolled in the bed on a snother sleepless night, though he had to work in the morning. Did all that he could to cherish the body of Christ. Amen! When Jesus sees me, I want him to see somebody that cherished the body of Christ. When Jesus sees you! Thank you, Pastor Wade, but now we're not talking about Pastor Wade. We're not talking about me. We're talking about you. Come on here now. Come on here now. I'm talking about you, boys. I'm talking about you. No, nobody but you. When you stand before him, is he going to see somebody that hurt the church, the body of Christ? Is he going to see somebody that spit on the body of Christ. You know, whenever those Jewish people that was there that day, so many of them spit 
on Jesus when he went by. They screamed, crucify him. On that day, Jesus is going to know who they are. Come on now. Come on now. They can come and stand before him. I, I guess you recognize me. Lord, I, I'm, I'm with Pastor Wade. You know, I'm just like he is. I'm a really good guy. No, no, no. Jesus knows who you are. He knows every time the body of Christ and you didn't give your first tenth when you should have. You didn't give your offering when you should have. He's going to know that. Every time that you spoke bad about your church to family members, to people on the job, to neighbor folk, he's going to remember that. If it's not under the blood, he's going to remember that. Come on now. He's going to recognize every one of them, and he's going to recognize you. My friend, if there is any time that you, and we're talking spiritually, I know no one's walked up to this building and slapped it. I know that. This is the body of Christ. The people sitting in this building is the body of Christ. Come on here now. If you're here tonight and you have ever spiritually slapped somebody in this church, you've ever spit on somebody, whether they're here tonight or not, is not the issue. You've ever spit on the body of Christ. You've ever screamed. You've ever told, yelled, said something to try to hurt, destroy, and get rid of that body. Tonight is the night that the Lord held off the snow just right for this moment right here. Just as sure as I'm alive, I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. This is not the night that you come forward and say, I've done this and I said that, and by the way, I slapped you and I spit on you. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you tonight to repent. And when you repent, it's more than words. You don't do that no more. Come on now. There have been a few people that came up to the altar and we thought they repented. They said they got saved. We thought they repented. But we never seen them again. But the next day they was doing the same thing they did the day before. That's not repentance. Repentance is you change your ways. Tonight is your night. My Pastor Childress, I wish so bad you could have been here the weekend. I know Pounding Mill folk wouldn't have liked it. But my, we had some services, brother. We had shouting and singing and running and praising. My, we had numerous healings. We had somebody that got saved. We've had revival, amen? But right now, it's true revival within the church. The Lord is calling on somebody tonight to repent for every time you have wounded the body of Christ and let us all cherish 
the body of Christ. Come on now. I'm not a very good preacher. Have I made sense at all? I hope that I have made sense tonight that you understand what I'm trying to say. I know some of you are looking at me like you, like, uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I hope that, I'm, that I made a little bit of sense to you tonight. Tonight, it is the night for you to repent for every time that you have done anything to abuse, to wound the body of Christ. And from here on out, let's everybody in the building tonight, I want everybody in this building, because I don't want nobody to stand out. I don't want nobody to still be sitting there. I understand children and health and stuff that you can't help. But, I, I mean, I don't want nobody to sit there just because they are going to prove they don't have to, and then we'll all know that we're preaching on you. Right? I want everybody that's able to come up to this altar tonight. And as the body of Christ, I want us to make sure that we make up our minds and make our vow to the Lord. We are going to cherish the body of Christ. Let's go.